Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I am Melissa Mason. And I'm Laura Brodnick. Laura, I am. I watched The Last of Us last Oh, my night. God, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm dying I, to, so don't know spoilers. We need to chat yeah, yeah. once you've watched it because I knew you would get excited because it's so up your alley. But, yes, if anyone is keen, it's on binge, and I'm not going to go into it now, but, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I just needed another survivalist dystopian future show where everything is totally screwed up. And we just want some people to live. But another thing that I'm very excited about is the new Magic Mike movie. (laughs) Great segue from me. Channing Tatum is obviously doing the press rounds for that. And naturally, we have a huge Vanity Fair profile that goes deep on everything from his divorce, from Jenna Dewan, his relationship with Zoe Kravitz, all that really juicy stuff. And we have done the, honestly, hours of reading. (laughs) So you don't (laughs) have to. (laughs) So we'll get into all of that soon. But first, we have the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So just quickly, some news that just happened this morning is that Carrie Bigmore has announced she's separating from partner Chris Walker. The couple made a joint announcement on Instagram this morning saying, while this is a tough time, our focus is to concentrate on parenting, loving and supporting our three children, Ollie, Evie and Addie, with everything we've got. They are doing great. We won't be making any further comment at this stage. And on to some slightly happier news. Meryl Streep is officially joining the cast of Only Murders in the Building for season three. I love her hectic energy, how she just watches a show like Obsessed. she did with Big Little Lies and yeah. says, oh, I'll, I'll be in that. I'll be in <laughs> you that. You can and do like, that when Absolutely. you're Meryl Streep, right? <laughs> yeah. So the news was confirmed this morning via Selena Gomez's TikTok, of course. You see Meryl in the video alongside the other stars of the show. So we've got Steve Martin and Martin Short and two guest stars that are returning for this season. So we've also got Paul Rudd and Andrea Martin, and this is how it went down. Hey, guys, we're on set. Hey. What are we shooting? Oh, hi there. Season three. Right. The gang uh, is back. Hello. Yay. Could this honestly get any better? Uh, uh, oh, wait. Uh, well, I do think it could get a little bit better. Why? What, right? what do you mean? Steve, <laughs> do you want the pillow? Yeah, oh, please. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Marty, anything you need? Uh, just the tea that I had asked for a half an hour ago. I'm okay. Thank you, Mel. Okay. You're mm-hmm. sweet. 
So in the video, like the cast is sitting on the couch and then Meryl Streep pops up from behind the couch (laughs) where she was hiding to pretend to take their drink orders. And I just love that Selena's like to her, do this for TikTok. And she was like, absolutely. Multiple Oscar winner Meryl Streep. I will kneel behind the couch and jump up. And you know that they would have taken like 15 takes to get it right. I think Meryl did it in one. (laughs) I think think she's that professional. She is that pro. (laughs) So we put the video on our Insta account if you want to take a look. Well, look, this season of The Bachelor, or should I say The Bachelors, has been chaotic. I mean, to say the least, chaotic, I think, is what we could describe it as. We've got three batchies, one who is truly the fuckboy to end all fuckboys, and I say that as someone who dated for 10 years. Everything he's doing resonates deeply within me. They really threw the rule book out on this one. And there's one storyline I really want to talk about, and that's the polyamory one. So if you haven't really been watching or you've been kind of following, they've introduced a plot line around episode three where there's this one woman, Jess. She is one of Felix's women that he's picked. Felix is the fuckboy one, by the way. He's the ex-basketballer. And she has a boyfriend outside of the show. And it comes up in a weird way, but it also escalated last night when that boyfriend, Damien, came to a group date. I told you they threw out the rule book. They really threw out the rule book. So it's a weird episode, though, because... She isn't giving vibes of being like 100% confident that an open relationship is what she wants right now, which is totally her prerogative and completely understandable. She's quite young. She's, you know, like sort of mid to late 20s. Originally, it was very, my boyfriend is fine with me exploring a relationship on the show. But especially in last night's episode, it's really flipped to her giving herself this ultimatum to be with one of these guys at the end of this. And I want to say now that the pressure isn't really coming from them. Like for the most part, neither man. Man has actually said to her, you need to pick right now. But right. she's put that pressure on herself. It's been messy and I think it's a really odd, I wouldn't say maybe not odd, but just a complicated depiction of what non-monogamy is about. And like, you know, for starters, an open relationship isn't the same as polyamory, but they keep interchanging those names because an open relationship is more like being okay with one or both partners sleeping with or dating others outside of the primary relationship that you're yeah. in. Polyamory is having multiple romantic relationships. So like what she would be doing if she won this show, which would be like having two boyfriends essentially, right? And even with that, it's complicated because you can't sort of break these terms down into binary explanations. Like everything is very nuanced. And so the complicated thing here is like, is it great that this show, which has always been so traditional in its depiction of love and romance and life partners, is introducing this new way of doing romance and a new way of doing relationships? Or because it's been so complicated and messy, are they doing it a disservice? Yeah, that's an interesting thing because with The Bachelor, like you're saying, the franchise, even though it's kind of built a little bit on drama and catfights and all that sort of stuff, mainly why it's been so successful is it plays into that old school princess fantasy. Like they they don't even try and hide it. They have the openings where the women, you know, walk in in the opulent gowns and the roses and the ballroom setting and the romantic dates and that idea that you should always pick the wifey at the end, Mm. you know, someone who comes across very traditional and someone who fits into that stereotypical traditional wife princess 
princess look. And so I think that having different nuances of people and relationships is really good on a show like this. But the thing that always happens with reality TV, I find, is that they'll have the same type of person, the same type of conversation for season after season, and then they'll drop one person in either from a diverse background or has a different experience or in this case has like a different view of relationships. And then because there's only one person, everything gets put on them and like as the language they're using right is what they're saying right. Are they fully representing this whole community? And no one person can do that, especially a young woman in her mid-20s who's in the weirdest environment you could possibly be in dating on a reality show. And you can just see the producers would have been frothing when her boyfriend agreed to come on the show because that's drama we haven't seen before. I know. And this is the other thing is you just wonder, like, did this woman sign up for this show and, like, had this boyfriend who was like, I'm happy for you to explore this show and what it, A, can do for your career, let's be honest. Yeah. But also... I'm okay if you explore a romantic relationship with this man. And then the show has gone, well, you're polyamorous. Oh, yay, polyamory. Like this is so hot right now, (laughs) like non-monogamous relationships. (laughs) Let's dive into it. And I do feel like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette have worked really hard over the last few years to be more inclusive and to represent more facets of love and exploring love in Australia. Like I thought Brooke Blurton's season was really well done. They didn't use her being queer and her being a woman of colour as just a token factor, but then yeah. just shoehorned it into just the rest of the yeah. romance. Like they really represented. Yeah, I still think they're about 20 years behind the rest of the world, oh, but in terms absolutely. of The Bachelor, they are moving yeah, forward. Yeah, and they're, they're not just doing it just for the like getting a rise out of the audience. But, yeah, on one hand, I really do love that we've got non-monogamy being discussed on such a mass Australian show and discussed in a very respectful way because it has been done quite respectfully. I'm just wondering if this kind of shift in Jess's feelings about monogamy is going to do a disservice to people who are genuinely in very healthy, non-monogamous and polyamorous relationships. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. So Channing Tatum, God bless that man, he just gives me so much joy in my life, (laughs) is Vanity Fair's new cover star because, of course, Magic Mike's Last Dance is coming out soon, so he's doing some promo for it. And so in the Vanity Fair cover, they really touch on a whole bunch of stuff. So it's called Channing Tatum is back for Magic Mike's Last Dance and ready to talk about life, love and learning to be a feminist. So interestingly, I should note that the article is written by Jessica Pressler. And if that name sounds familiar to you, of course, this woman is responsible for so many movies and TV shows that we enjoy. So her 2015 article, The Hustlers at Scores, was made into the movie Hustlers. Very infamously, Jennifer Lopez did not win an Oscar for it. Mm -hmm. And she's also the journalist that interviewed Anna Sorokin that was later developed. So that interview series she did was later the basis for inventing Anna on Netflix. Like she's the journalist in the the series. She's like the journo, isn't she? Yeah, Like she's the journal of 2023. (laughs) She knows how to get a story, which is why I was surprised, but also not surprised when I opened this article to read it (laughs) and I read the intro. (laughs) We're laughing because 
This is so I'm going to try and read it without laughing. I'm so sorry. I don't know if I can. I'm going to try. Okay. <laughs> it starts off with, I'll go slow, promises Channing Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> he looks down, his chiseled brow furrowed in concern. How's that? He asks. Too slow. I feel like this is pornographic. I know. So I, I, it makes me feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> As an athlete and a dancer, Tatum is used to contorting his body into exotic positions and it doesn't take long for him to find his rhythm. Oh, yeah, he says. His thighs are taut. His massive hands are made for stuff like this. This is what I'm talking about, he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find myself starting to lose control. Oh, God, I say. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I love Vanity Fair so much. Oh, yeah, Tatum's. Tatum, I can't even say his name anymore, that guy, says, we're making a baby. Oh, no, I shriek. The hunk of clay I've been attempting to make into a vase slips from my grasp and drops dramatically onto the pottery wheel. So they're not actually having sex, which is so disappointing. They're in a clay studio together making clay, like, statues. Channing is apparently making a clay vagina because he's a feminist. The most disturbing part of this is not him saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, go slow, go fast. The disturbing part is apparently when he laughs, he says, tee-hee, tee-hee. (laughs) (laughs) because the ick that i just got oh that is every ounce of me that was attracted to tanning tatum is now gone because she says i hear to he and i hear a giggle from the wheel over and tatum is hunched like a giant over his tiny bud vase his broad shoulders encased in a long white t-shirt this is the most unhinged retelling of this but you can't tell it I know, without I, laughing. You can, no one can say that with a straight <laughs> face. That is the power of Channing Tatum is that he is such this weird sex symbol, but he plays into it. It's like he's really his character from The Lost City Absolutely. where he plays this like dorky feminist. So that's the intro. <laughs> Incredible. And then there's this bit where she's like something along the lines of like all of the clay like explodes. And yeah. I'm just like, stop making this sexual. Like I feel so uncomfortable. Like I'm watching through the window of like like a, like a weird peeping yeah. Tom on like Channing Tatum having sex yeah. with this writer. <laughs> I know. And then he's like, you've got to get it together, girl. And he straddles the wheel. I'm like, why is he oh straddling God. things? I just. This is better than Ghost. I know. It's better than Ghost. He talks about wanting to remake Ghost so he can remake the clay scene. And that's what every outlet has really picked up today yes. is the pull away headline. But there's more important stuff in here. So he does get serious because, you know, he's not just a hunk of meat. He's a serious actor and producer. Yes. And he talks about stepping away from the spotlight for many years. I actually didn't notice he was gone. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> not in a bad way. I just feel like when feel like some I people- love Channing Tatum. He's my favorite. <laughs> I had no idea he was gone for five years. <laughs> He's like, I had to step away from the spotlight and acting. He said he was focusing on being a father and he was also, mm. this is quite sad, really disappointed that a lot of his big film projects like his X-Men movie that he was making were pulled and kind of not being yeah. made anymore and he also felt he was being typecast as a hunk of meat, which just quietly, I feel like this isn't helping. (laughs) It's not helping you. It's not helping you, but I get it. But he's back in the spotlight. He's got a whole bunch of movies coming out. But in the article, he really got into talking about relationships, which I thought was quite interesting because he talks about his divorce from Jenna Dewan. So I feel like everyone knows their love Mm. story. They met in the 2006 classic movie Step Up where, you know, she was like a prima ballerina and he's a guy from the wrong side of the tracks. Like the article really goes into that. Mm. And then they talk about how their relationship was like that in real life. And then he goes on to say, but unlike the movies, we ended up 
up being two wildly different people and we couldn't have that happily ever after. Wow. And I thought it was really interesting how he says that he and Jenna, because they were like Hollywood's golden couple. They were. People love them doing joint interviews together. I they always would think like, of the lip sync battle always, always. When she does the striptease, oh, that is so hot. It's so hot. Yeah, obsessed with It is the hottest. But also I think that lip sync battle just built on that idea of them being this golden couple. Like they turned it on basically. They clearly turned it on because it wasn't working, but they turned it on Exactly. That, you know? Yeah, if you look at the timeline, they were already having problems in their marriage, but I guess that they knew kind of what the public wanted to see. And it's interesting because in this article he says, we fought it for a really long time, even though we both sort of knew that we had grown apart. And then he said, I think we really told ourselves this story when we were young and we just kept telling ourselves that no matter how much life was telling us that we were too different to be together, we were just trying to make it work. But he said it was actually becoming parents because they've got a daughter called Everly. Mm. And he said it was becoming parents that actually made them understand they had to break up because that's when they realized they were two different that to be together. That happens a lot. I actually know quite a few friends who had kids and that like I think when there's cracks already in your relationship sometimes when you have kids because there's this added pressure to your relationship it really like creates that divide or it pulls you together like and you're obviously not going to know until it happens. Yeah exactly and I think it was like a nice I mean I don't want to give him too much credit but a nice mature way to kind of explain it because mm. I feel like the last time he made headlines talking about Jenna was do you remember when he was dating Jesse J oh and they God, were kind of about that. I know right that's a blast <laughs> from the past and they were on and off for a couple yeah. of years but he weirdly went on I think it was Instagram and said Jesse's the most beautiful woman in the world and someone's like what about Jenna and he was like well Jenna's really pretty but she's no Jesse J and just Ooh. like went, I was like you didn't have to answer that question just let it go you didn't go. have to bring your ex-wife who's now married to someone else with another child and everything into this situation he got caught up he got caught up in the Jesse J whirlwind there yeah exactly well the article goes on to say that he actually maybe should stay off social media because <laughs> it hasn't worked out well for him in the past because then they get into the fact that he's dating Zoe Kravitz yes so we kind of know how their relationship came together Zoe thought he was a great actor he respected her blah 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 all that nice shit they hadn't actually met and then she started production on her first movie Pussy Island cast him in it that she's directing and producing and everything and they fell in love like workshopping the movie and on set and everything and when there were those paparazzi pictures came out of them together everyone thought it was just a fling Mm. you know like she was newly divorced why wouldn't you date Channing Tatum and take him to the Met Gala in a naked dress like that's the dream yeah but that was over a year ago and they're still really going Mm. strong So he says, relationships are hard for me. And he talks about always being a monogamous, but also that he tries too hard in relationships. I'm so glad that Jessica, the journalist, asked this because just before they started dating, I don't know if you remember this, that it came out that Channing Tatum, before they were even together or even working together, it came out that Channing Tatum was following all these Zoe Kravitz fan accounts Mm. across Instagram and Twitter and liking all these photos and comments and stuff. And he didn't realise because he was liking them from his official account with like the blue check and everything. So he didn't realise the accounts could see that he was viewing all the stories and that people could see what he was liking. So that's the most, like, boomer energy I've ever heard. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Channing, you're a millennial. Like, get it together. I know. (laughs) He's just a little ditz in real life. That's what I think has come out of this. She basically says in the article, what the hell were you thinking? (laughs) And he's really honest. He says, I have no chill. (laughs) (laughs) It was really innocent. And he's like, I was just seeing what she was up to. Also, because also, I didn't realise anyone would know. Oh, Channing. 
He sounds so sweet. I don't know. This whole article just makes me love him even more. He's just, it's like really difficult to not like this man, even when he does bad things like the Jesse J comment. He just bounces back because he's just seems, he honestly seems like he's just sometimes like glumping around with his yeah. big shoulders, just like figuring life out, you know? Yeah, exactly. He's weirdly come off very likable in this, which I mm. think is probably what his publicity team was really liking because he has been out of the spotlight for a while except for people being very invested in him and Zoe. And I think with Magic Mike coming out, he's really tried to turn that franchise into being about women empowerment, yes, female pleasure, all that sort of stuff. So this is very on brand for him. So Channing, we love you. I wish they'd shared a photo of the clay vagina he made in that class because I want to see it just to see his artistic work. Same. But <laughs> we will show share the full article in our show notes if you like to take a read. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. This episode was produced by Laura Brodnick, Channing Tatum's number one fan, apparently, <laughs> who cannot handle clay vaginas. <laughs> Gia Moylan with audio production by Rihanna Mooney. We will see you at mamamia.com.au and on The Spill Instagram page. Bye. Bye. <laughs>